دایی یه فرصت خوب حالا پشت مدافع خدا داد عزیزی توی دروازه گل گل برای ایران خدا داد عزیزی باز هم روی زمین گشت سردارات بود به توی دروازه سردارات بود گل به نام آزمون به برای ایران بزنه کریم ازداری فر Welcome back to another episode of Golbazan. I'm Sina. I'm back. I've missed out the couple of episodes. I've been away, but I'm back. I'm so happy to be back on the podcast. And I'm joined by Aria Alaverdi and Daniel Kayal. How are you both doing today? Very good, Sina. Glad to have you back and uh, good to have uh, our good friend, Daniel, as well. Uh, and yeah, it's a good episode. How are you doing, very Daniel? Good. Very good. Thank you. I'm very happy to be back. That's amazing. I can't wait to jump into this episode. It's going to be a bit of a long one. There's a lot of things that we want to, we want to unfold in this episode. We've got a few a few sort of other segments that we know you guys like those segments so in today's episode we'll be analyzing the iran syria match which ended 3-0 to team meli goals coming from Osman, hajsafi and Khulizadeh. and we'll also have two segments firstly a fan reaction from um aria from 29 united and a short interview with kasyun khosayar former iran under, under 19 women's head coach regarding accusations from the jordan jordanian fa that um, Zohre Kudai, the Iran women's national team goalkeeper, is actually a man. That news came out, I think, earlier today um, of the recording, maybe yesterday. So we're going to talk about that very briefly as well. So I think let's just jump in, guys, because there's a lot of things that we have to cover. So let's start off with the Iran-Syria game. So I guess very, very quickly, um, on the lineup, were you satisfied with who started? Arya, I'll, I'll jump with you straight, straight away. Yeah, I mean, it was a good uh, surprise to see uh, Ami Robertson starting in goals. I thought he deserved it. Um, I think Bayron Vand maybe wasn't playing to his best of abilities for the last few games. So I think it was a good, uh, a good change to make. Uh, and he did, he did really well. Uh, we'll come on to that later. I think it was nice to have um, Noor Afghan back at left back. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a fan of him now. I think he's done really well for us in these games he's played. Yeah, I was, uh, I was, I was a little bit disappointed that we saw Hoysafi uh, in the lineup. I think Hoysafi, you know, I don't know if he brings much to the team, but again, it was a bit of a surprise because he actually played really well in this game. Uh, so, I think overall, in height, like before the game was finished, I was a little bit apprehensive about the lineup, but then when the game finished, I was like, okay, I, I can kind of understand why he played this lineup, and it did work in the end of the day. So yeah, I was it was it was good, and uh, hopefully that kind of performance uh, continues. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think Hodge Safi was a bit of a maybe a bit of a rogue selection, but at the same time, the last game that we played, it wasn't a very convincing victory at all. So there was always going to be a bit of a shift of, I guess, formation, shift of, of personnel. But Daniel, what did you kind of make of the lineup? Well, uh, as as you guys says, I'm I'm quite satisfied with the lineup. Uh, I'd like. Uh, I really like the fact that Abedzadeh started because we have two really good goalkeepers, and it's good to have some competition, especially because uh, uh, Bayron Van form wasn't really good uh, recently, and seeing uh, Amir start was a very good thing. Um, on the left back, it's it's exactly like it's almost the same situation. We have two good left backs, so it's good to have competition and to plays once from Mohammadi and once Nur Afghan. So, so, you know, you always keep um, a nice uh, competition and, and a nice left back on the pitch. Uh, I was too surprised about Harsh Safi, but actually uh, against Syria, it's not a big risk and it, it's good to have some experience. And actually he did very well. So it was a nice surprise to, to have him on the pitch. My only... I'm... I expected to see Allah here in the starting starting lineup. Maybe it's too early, but uh, he's really in form with his club right now. And I thought that maybe against Syria, he he could have started. 
Yeah, I think I think you you raise a really good point. Um, Syed Manesh could have definitely started this game, especially because the the previous game was so sort of it was really poor, right? So I mean, he he did kind of warrant a start. I think Abedzadeh came into the team possibly because Baron Van uh, made a bit of a mistake in in the game. I think we I think we talked about this previous episode where there's the, the competition for the number one spot is really really fierce, and when you know Baron Van made that mistake, it didn't lead to a goal. It almost did. Um, like it's very easy for Scottish to to replace him. Um, I was going to talk about this kind of a bit later in the episode, but we'll, we'll talk about it now. I guess, Arya, what do you kind of think of um, Abed Zadeh's performance? Should he stay as number one? Yeah, I think that's a good question because um, you can see when Abed Zadeh plays his, um, and you know, we were mentioning it on our live spaces, he's got fantastic range of passing. He's a really good footballer. Uh, you know, you can see that he's he's very comfortable with the ball and he was playing really good passes into midfield. A few times he was even clipping it into Sardar Osmoon directly uh, and, and even a, a few times out wide. And it was really good. We, we kept possession uh, right from the goalkeeper, which is really, really, really positive. Um, and, you know, as I said before, Obazada used to actually be a midfielder himself. So you can see he has that style in his game. We speak about Bernal Van and he has that distribution as well with his hands. You know, he can throw it really far. But it's always the question of how effective is it? You know, does he get it to how accurate can he be with it? Whereas Obazada is very, very accurate with his distribution. And then the second thing is he's also a really good goalkeeper. You know, we speak about his height. I don't think it really matters that much, to be honest with you. I think he's still pretty tall for a goalkeeper, and he does command his box really well. And he was he was really solid against Syria, who, I mean, to be fair, didn't really give him that many issues anyway. Um, you know, it was a pretty pretty easy opponent uh, to play against for him. But um, no, I was I was impressed. Whether the question whether he should start as or stay as number one. Um, that's up to the coach. You know, it's hard to decide. I think uh, there's a, a few things that go into that. It's about consistency, playing with your defenders, how comfortable are you communicating with them? Uh, and I think Bayron Van has done it for a, a long, long time. And obviously he probably is more comfortable with it, but that isn't to say that obviously it isn't. I just feel like it's kind of hard to, to look, look past the experience that Bayron Van has. But look, I would not be against Obazada being a, a, a regular starter for the national team. I think they both can be. Personally, I still prefer uh, Bayron Van very slightly, again, just because of the experience. But I think Obazada is a fantastic goalkeeper. And I think he has qualities that Bayron Van doesn't have and vice versa. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Um, Daniel, I, th- I think we're quite sort of. I want to go through a lot of different discussion points in this in this episode. So I think we'll we'll move on to I guess general thoughts on the first half um, before kind of going more more deeply into the episode. So Daniel, what did you kind of make of the first half half performance of of the team? Well, uh, actually, I was uh, quite surprised because the the previous game was like uh, the the level of the team was very low. And uh, in the first half, we were like leading uh, uh, 2-0 and uh, like we did the job in the first half. We did the job. We did it, I wouldn't say easily, but we, we just did it like we should do it against those kind of teams. Uh, I respect Syria, but like, you know, we are Iran. We're the first ranked team in Asia and uh, against Syria, uh, Lebanon, or uh, Emirates, or or like those levels, we, we have to win those games. And uh, we did a good uh, first half. We we really put ourselves like uh, not in danger, and uh, I appreciate it. Asmund's goal was beautiful, and then the penalty. Well, it was maybe some some would say it was luck, but you have to. To be dangerous, to bring to like to push the the uh, the opponent to to do mistakes. So, so it was it was a good first half, in my opinion. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think um, the first half was a very good good performance by the team, uh, a good reaction 
to the previous game because um, I believe we started quite poorly uh, against Lebanon. And we speak about it on the last podcast. The pitch was was also not very good on this in this game. So I mean that that was kind of the excuse for the last game. But this this in my opinion that's not a good enough excuse because you can you can play well on a bad surface if you give it the full effort, which they didn't do against Lebanon in the first half. In this game, they did, and they were really, really, uh, you know, putting their foot on the accelerator. And, and I can see that um, a guy like Vaidai Miri uh, playing in a more natural role has a, a much better impact on the team. You know, because he was, first of all, he was involved on both goals. He, he had the assist for Osmond's goal, uh, and he also won the penalty. So he was obviously involved in an attacking sense, but also... He brings, he covers so much ground. It's almost like having two players on the pitch, you know. Um, and I, I mean, I can't really, we, we can't really speak about this game and not speak about Vahid Amiri, in my opinion, because he, he's such a vital player for the national team. And I get some people don't like him because maybe he isn't like the most flashy footballer in the world. But I have to say, if you watch him play, he's actually quite a skillful player. He's not. He's not skillful in terms of like doing tricks, and but he keeps the ball well. You know, he does the right things, and he he gets past the opponent when he needs to. He does the right things, and he's got that that ability that some players just don't have. You know, I think we need to have a Vaidami in this team. It's a shame he's a little bit older now. That is, you know, when he's going to come to the World Cup, he'll be a little bit older, but he still has that ability. And I'm not surprised he he started almost all the games for the national team. Yeah, I mean, not only starts, but he does, he completes the games as well. Like, he rarely sort of gets subbed off as well, I, th- I think. So, it kind of is a, is a bit of a testament to his, to his stamina and his ability. It's, it's, he's, a, he's a kind of a player that gets a bit overlooked, I think. Um, but he is definitely so vital. And I think, just as you said, Arya, he's not the sort of flashy player, but he does a lot of the simple things very well, which is what kind of wins you football matches. Um, so, very quickly, let's talk about Asman's goal. Um, what did you kind of make of it? Dan? But here's a chance for the break the other way. Osmoon through the centre, brings it down beautifully. Osmoon, can he finish it? Does so, 1-0. Lovely goal there. Sarda Osmoon took the ball down, and as soon as he got in between the two centre-halves, waited for the keeper, Odman, to come forward and just rolled it past him as he came forward. Well, as I said, it was a very beautiful goal. The, the pass from Amiri was great, and uh, like the pass wasn't well, it was a great pass, but it wasn't easy for the for Sardar to to take it well, and and he did it very well in two touches. He was in front of goal, and and then he he finished it. It it was just perfect. Like if every counter attack we were playing it like that, it, it, it would be perfect. And Asmund did very well, and the pass from Amiri, of course, was great. Amiri is always like, yeah, he's not flashy player but actually he's always doing most of the time the, the right choices uh, offensively defensively uh, he's doing the right passes he's creating so many chances for his team he's really really doing well and maybe it's uh, um, like he's getting old but maybe he's right now at, at his best right? like he's really doing well yeah, I think um, it, it was a difficult sort of job for Osman because obviously Ptolemy wasn't included in this game um, and he was sort of isolated at times. But that goal that he scored the first one, it was kind of just like a ball fed into him and it was just him against two defenders and he and he, and he he sort of made it for himself almost. So, yeah, I think, I don't know, what Arya, what did you kind of make of Osman's performance as a whole um, in, in this game? I thought Osmoon had a good game. I thought, um, especially with the fact that, as you mentioned, there was no one next to him. I think it would have been nice to have seen Sayad Manish start. I wasn't very impressed with Cody Zadeh, if I'm being honest with you, in this for the entire... I think he would he had a good second half, but he didn't have a great first half, Cody Zadeh. Uh, and I think it, it made a little bit of a harder task for Osmoon to, to hold up play on his own. Um, because Syria, I mean, they don't have great defenders, but they, they can defend, you know, they can do a job. And they were able to to limit his space. 
so that that was a, a little bit disappointing in that sense. But I think he he was with, with the limit of space that he had, he was still able to do the best he could, and that's what you that's all you want from Osman, really. I mean, you want him to try his best and 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 be the best player that he he is that Iran actually have, and you know he he got his goal, and uh, now he's um, uh, the I think joint third top goal scorer in, in Iranian history with uh, Nick Unam, I think on 39 goals. So for, uh, first of all, a fantastic feat. We congratulate him. Um, and, you know, I think um, more performances like that, uh, the better for the national team. And uh, I, I expect to see it. Oh, very briefly, um, the penalty. Um, obviously, Haj Safi won the penalty. It was one of those ones where it's kind of like some of them are given, some of them are not given because... Yes, the defender's hand was in a very unnatural position, but the ball was hit from a very short distance. And like, I don't know, it's kind of 50-50 in my eyes. And obviously VAR decided it was handball. Um, oh, sorry. Hodge Havi took the penalty. It's a very amity that, that, that won it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, Daniel, what did you kind of make of the penalty? I know you kind of get win your own luck and stuff like that, but I don't know. What did you, what did you think of it? Well, for me, it's a... It's a- it it is a penalty because his hand, like the defender, uh, the defender, sorry, has, has like he, his position wasn't good. His hand doesn't have to be outside his body, so so it has to be next to his body. And many defenders, when they're in the in the box, they put their hands behind their back, so so they don't touch it with their own hands, even if the ball is close. So so it, it was a clear penalty. In my opinion, yeah, I agree. I I don't think that it was uh, like controversial that much. I think it was a clear penalty. His hand was was quite uh, separated from his body, uh, and you know he he's blocking a cross into the box with his hand. You know, I think yeah, you could say it was a short distance as a you know it's a fair argument. But when he's when it's a cross in a really dangerous position inside the box. And you're you're blocking with your hand. I I don't see how that can't be given as a penalty. You know, I think the the VAR is there to do to that to make that that choice that, that decision, and they did it right. I think, in my opinion, his decision is it's a penalty kick. Captain on the day, who's got the duty to try and put Iran two 0 up. Dispatched into the corner. Khaled Othman went the right way, but Iran take a two-goal lead. And it was a, yeah, good, and it was a good penalty by Hosafi as well. Yeah, yeah, actually. And the ball completely changed uh, the his direction, so it was a clear one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was very, very well converted. Um, yeah, nothing really to say on that. It was a very well converted penalty. And then um, la- the last goal, Rolizadeh scored uh, to, to conclude the game. And this is a chance for a break. And this time it's a real chance as North Afghan comes in. Can he finish it? He does. It's 3 0. And it's Rolizadeh that gets the goal. In the dying minutes of the game. What a goal, by the way. I'm just going to say, yeah. what, what a goal. Unbelievable. Like, the, the nerve to go past three opponents like that and finish it in that fashion is unbelievable. I mean, you know, he, I, he didn't, I mean, I'll be honest, um, he had a pretty poor game. You know, we interviewed him recently and obviously we know him. We don't want to be too critical, but yeah, he had a poor game. But uh, yeah, I mean, what a goal. Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, yeah he's definitely and, got that in his locker. Yeah. And actually, we, we I don't know if you remember, guys, that the Asmund reaction on the goal, like he, he couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah. he, he just did it so well. I, mean, I think I think he was expecting a pass from him, actually. I think he was expecting him to just cut it back to him and it happened. But I think after the Osmond miss in the first half, you know, the, the tapping that he missed, uh, <laughs> I think maybe he was never going to get that pass from Kolizadeh. Yeah, and Asmund actually did miss uh, in the second half too. So he did well to not pass him. To, to Osman. And the, the good thing about Rolizade um, is that uh, we know that he's a player that can unlock situations, create chances. Like he has something, you know, he has something special. And uh, we had players like that, like not exactly the same, but for example, Masuk uh, was a player that could unlock 
could do something other player couldn't do. But the good thing with Olizade um, is that he's more regular, I would say. I'm not saying that he will do, he will score that kind of goal every game, but he's doing it more often than play, previous player we had. I don't know what to think about that, guys. Yeah, I think he's he's actually done quite well in, in the qualification. Obviously, he hasn't had the best performances, but by numbers, you know, he's had a goal. He's had two goals against Iraq as well. Uh, and I think he got an assist as well. So I think he's doing well on numbers. I think he needs to improve his performances a little bit because he's, he's obviously got the trust. Of the, he's, the, the coach trusts him. You know, he's played the last three games now. And uh, the coach does tr- trust him, but I think he needs to do a little bit better when it comes to his uh, performances. I think uh, I think he has all the qualities, but he's an unbelievable player. But I think a move away from Charlevoix, um, as he was hinting to in the, in the interview that we did with him, um, I think it would be fantastic for him, for his career. Yeah, and actually uh, he is creating chances like or situations for example the goal against Iraq uh, the pass on Hosh Safi then Hosh Safi crosses to Osman and Osman scored uh, it was uh, Ali Olizade's pass and he, he has a great yeah. vision and he he's creating often chances actually and he could do even more regularly I think but he's actually doing well like we won't be <laughs> complaining about about that and yes I agree he he can go for a, a better club maybe next summer. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly developed as well. I think, obviously, in the last sort of couple of years, he's really solidified himself in the Team Melly lineup. And I think if he moves club, he'll you know, move on to bigger and better things for sure. He's definitely got the talent. The raw talent is definitely there. So I think he hasn't reached his full potential yet. So it's really exciting to see kind of what happens next in his journey. Um, so I think now we'll move on to the fan reaction from Arya of 29 United. Um, so let's hear that now. Okay, I'm joined by my good friend Aria uh, from 29 United. How are you doing, my friend? I'm good, bro. What about you? Thank you so much for having me here. I'm glad to have you on the podcast again. Give us a little bit about yourself as well, first of all, about your social media, uh, where they can find you. Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, under the ad 29 United. I post football content, Team Millie content, and... Uh, some other stuff as well. So presuming all the links will be in the description. I don't know. Yeah, of but, course, uh, of course. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I do. Brilliant. Okay, so of course, we're speaking about the Iran versus Syria game. Okay, what was your general thoughts on the, the match? Uh, I think it was a much better performance than against uh, Lebanon, obviously. Um, there are a couple of players that really did catch my eye. Vahid Amiri and Haj Safi are two players. Uh, that were very, very good. Uh, as for the negatives, um, really the only negative I, I did see was Shoja Khalilzadeh. He did not impress me whatsoever. And I know, Arya, I know you don't really like Khalilzadeh in particular, but um, I think uh, we should have a backup for him soon enough. I feel like he's a little shaky uh, in defense. But other than that, I think the offense was brilliant. Osmoon, great finishing. Haji Safi, uh, surprisingly, was very, very great. A lot of people don't really like him uh, as much as they used to anymore, uh, but I think he's 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 all right. And Ali Ghulizari with a brilliant third goal. I mean, he just bamboozled every single Syrian defender. So, yeah, overall, it was a great performance, and uh, I just hope we can continue in this form. Um, so, are you satisfied with the result? And how do you think it will take us through to the next match against Iraq? Uh, I hope this victory will push the players now. I think they all know that the next game is a must-win if you want to get to the World Cup, obviously. So, um, as I said, with the Ford... Oh, God, can we redo that, please? Jesus Christ. I just, just, keep, just keep rolling. Just keep rolling. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, with the form that they are in, um, I think the players know that the next game is a must-win, right, to get into the World Cup. So... Um, if they keep on going how they are going right now, uh, I think the Iraq game is going to be pretty simple. Um, Skocich knows what he has to do now. And um, yeah. Fantastic. Arya, I appreciate the time. Uh, again, once again, make sure you follow Arya at 29United uh, on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me.
Okay, thank you, Aria, for that. Uh, so let's move on to a quick question. I know some people have asked this, and obviously we talked about Vahid Amidi's performance in the game. Do you think he deserves man of the match uh, for this for this performance? Hundred percent, hundred. And you know, uh, we did a collaboration with Metrika Stats, and they gave it to Polizade. In my opinion, as I said, I don't think he had a great game. I thought Vahid Amidi had a fantastic game. He had probably one of his best games for the national team. Uh, that, I've, that I've seen anyway. What do you think, Daniel? Well, I would say 200%. No, actually, Fahid Amir played very well. He's He has a very uh, an amazing stamina. He's everywhere. Defensively, he's good. Offensively, he's good. He's yeah. doing the right choices, right passes. Like, he's, I will, I will add, he's really good. Sorry, I, I will add, I think um, Kanani had a fantastic game as well. I thought he was very solid. Um, he gets a lot of criticism. Um, I think fairly. I think he's not the best player that we've ever had in that position at centre-back. But I think Kanani has been really impressive uh, recently for the national team. Um, and it will come on to his, his defensive partner in a minute. But I thought he can he can be mentioned. Uh, I thought he had a really good game. And I think I think the other player that again, gets a lot of criticism, is Ahmad Nurlahi. Uh, we'll come on to as well just now. We'll do, do it now. I thought <laughs> we'll go on to it. See ya. Uh, no, you don't even next, need me anymore. The, the next question <laughs> is about Ahmad and uh, Saeed, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you don't need me anymore. You can just no, I was just saying, <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I was just saying, look, I thought Ahmad Nurlahi had, a, had an unbelievable performance. I mean, he deserved a goal. He deserved a goal. I mean, he really did. I mean, he was everywhere, um, and he really proved uh, us wrong. I think he he showed us a little bit <laughs> in that game, uh, but we want to see it more often from him because I said before, I said this before. I think Nurullah he could have been become a really good player three or four years ago if he had gone to Europe. I think he's, and I know he had injuries, but if he'd gone, I think he could have become a really really good midfielder. Now he's gone to UAE and he's playing there. He still has a chance to to improve, but uh, he had a fantastic game. Uh, what do you think, Daniel? What about Said? Well, just to complete on Nurullah, he, he he did very well, and I think uh, like if we compare to Amiri, his decision making, he can improve his decision making. Because sometimes he's losing the ball or not doing the right choices. and But on the contrary, Amiri is all, most of the time doing the right choices. Uh, on side as Atolai, I would say uh, he he did his job. Like he was not... Uh, like he, he, he did his, his game. Like he didn't do more. But actually, you know, football is a, sometimes it, like it's a, it's a team game. So... So you can't always be the one shining, and maybe, maybe this is the reason why. But he did what he had to do, in my opinion. And uh, about what you said about Kanani, I completely agree. Um, I find him much more uh, um, like we feel more safe with him than his <laughs> with his partner Khalizade. I uh, I I found him very very good. Yeah, I mean, very quickly on uh, Nurullahi before we move on to the the defensive sort of partnership. Um, I I thought he had yes had a spectacular performance and he really showed his talent. He, he had he had decent passing range, both short and long range. Um, he had a few shots as well on him. Um, I know obviously he scored the previous game, but it's it's pretty impressive. I didn't I didn't actually know that from him. So it's it's pretty cool that he has that he has that sort of shot on him. And I think playing with Ezatolahi sort of behind him um we kind of mentioned this before it gives it gives a player like Nurlahi or or Rodus who, who who might come in to replace him I suppose uh, a lot of freedom to go forward and I think with that obviously he can he can do those shots he can do those long range long range passes um so yeah I I was really impressed with his performance for, for sure so let's talk about the defensive partnerships um obviously we talked about Kanani uh, I'm not going to focus on him too much because we've already kind of spoken about him. But let's talk about Khalid Zadeh, his performance particularly. And I know there's been some discussion whether Majid Hosseini, now that he's kind of 
back fit, whether he should replace uh, Khalid Zadeh. Um, Arya, what do you kind of make of, of his performance in this game? Does And does does it kind of warrant a, a replacement by Majid Hosseini? I know you really like Majid Hosseini, so maybe put your opinions on him <laughs> aside yeah. for one for once and just kind of like give a very objective yeah. view. Um, I think it, it's, it would be unfair to say Khalid Zadeh has been absolutely horrendous. It would be unfair to say because like he's played like what 13, 14 games now in a row for the national team. And he's done relatively well overall. Yes, he's had his moments. Um he had that lucky moment recently, I think it was against the UAE that he gave the the, the he almost got a red card and he came back. I think it was against UAE. Um and basically he's not been bad. But I think I don't know if he's if he's a comfortable defender. He doesn't seem like he gives security all the time to your back line. He makes silly mistakes sometimes, you know, little passes here and there that go astray. Um, and I think he, he his biggest problem is a lack of um, focus in his game. He lacks a bit of focus, a bit of concentration. And I think that can really affect his game sometimes. And um, again, I don't think he's a terrible player. I don't think that he should be dropped from the squad. But I do think that it's kind of time to shuffle around that position a little bit because Kanani and Khayazadeh have started a lot of games now. And they haven't been bad, but I think it needs a little bit of a shuffle. I think Majid would, would bring a lot of uh, great passing range to the team. I think his, that's what his, what is known for. Majid is known for his passing. I think that would help us a lot. So I think we actually need that. A little bit more security and possession at the back. I think Kanani is doing good at that, but I think Imagine would help a lot. Um, I think I'm not I'm not completely against Khayezadeh starting, but I just don't know if he's needed to start every single game. Well, uh, I agree about Arya. Maybe we can compare it to the goalkeeper situation. For example. Uh, like in a way, uh, Bayramman played a lot, a lot of games, but he didn't reassure everyone on the fact that he is number one and he's far above Abedzade. Like he did sometimes, he did a few mistakes that uh, made his play shaky. Maybe he was too comfortable, so that's why he was less concentrated in his games. And with Khalil Zadeh, that. I think that uh, the coach should use some competition. It's the same with our two left backs. And some competition will maybe help even Khalil Zadeh because um, when I look at his performance, I don't look at like on the only last game, but at a couple of games he played recently for Team Melly. And sometimes he's not safe, as safe as Kanani is. And... Magic is back in form, so the coach should give it a try, maybe in a friendly. But uh, as Arya said, Magic has nice passing range, and uh, competition can only benefit us, in my opinion, right now. Because Khalilzadeh didn't prove that he can be safe regularly. Sometimes he is, sometimes he's not. So sometimes he's doing mistakes, sometimes he's not concentrated. So I think the coach should use some competition. I think it's a good one to bring up as well. Also, Siavashi Hazdani, who's been playing quite well for Estegal. Um, I know a lot of Estegal fans would love to see him play. I think he's done really well in the, the Persian Gulf Pro League. And I think Yazdani uh, could also potentially start. There's also been uh, suggestions from fans uh, i'll just go to the fan question that we got just now we've actually had a lot of fan questions regarding this um we had a fan question from at persian wall uh, asking about players like sean sabitkar who we previously interviewed and uh, ryan tafazoli who we've also interviewed uh, a long time ago um both of them playing in, in europe sean plays in the swedish uh, swedish premier league um ryan plays in the um uh, in the English League One, third division, third tier. Um, personally, I don't think Ryan Tavazoli is uh, what the national team need. That's my opinion. I think he's a good um, goal-scoring defender, 
but I just don't know if he's a right. I don't think he's better than what we have. I don't think he's better than Khalil Zadeh. Um, Sean Sabitkar, I think, is a good defender. I, uh, he's a, he seems like a really um, good leader, and he's got good uh, understanding of the game. Uh, he he's developed a lot since moving up to the the Swedish Alsvenskan, and I think he could potentially come in and be uh, an option for us in, in there as a centre back. But uh, I I don't believe Ryan Tafazoli is that guy. Um, even though he's plays he's played against big teams like Man City and, and whatnot. Defensively, he's not as good as, as most of our defenders anyway. And um, and obviously Prali Ganji is is injured, so hopefully he does come back as soon as possible. We need him. So yeah, that centre back that centre back uh, argument is really sort of vital, especially because you know Pirelli Ganji is coming back from injury fairly soon, hopefully, and then obviously Hosseini's come back. So it is a discussion that's definitely going to be had, but from you know Scottish and his team. Um, but it's good because we'll have more depth. And talking about depth, I guess with the substitutions that we had during this game, uh, obviously Saman Rodos was one of them. Uh, Rodos. So what did you kind of make of the substitutions? Do you think he should have played? Do you think he should have not played? I think he played in previous. Yeah, he did play in the previous game. Um, yeah, Audio, what did you kind of make of it? I would like to see come on uh, at some point. Someone, I think it would have been nice to have seen him uh, in, in the second half. I think he's done well in, in recent um, games when he's been subbed on in the second half, and he was able to impact the game against Bahrain, for example, and uh, against Iraq. And he had a, you know, he's really good when he has that kind of time on the ball. Um, it didn't happen. He brought on Milad Salak, who didn't really add much to the team. I think he obviously added a little bit of security in defence, but I think we already had that. I mean, we could have brought on, uh, we could have just kept Saeed on, like maybe he was a little bit tired. I don't know. I, I'm not I'm not against um, Salak coming on. I just don't think he added much to the team. But um, I wanted to see uh, Qaidi come on much earlier. I think he, he brought him on a little bit too late. Uh, it was good that um, Sayad Manesh had an impact on the goal. He got the assist for Koli uh, Zadeh. And it was also really good to see Ansari Fard. I thought, actually, if no one knows this, um, Ansari Fard was supposed to start this game um, from what we had heard. And then the last minute they changed it. So, uh, anyway, just that's just off topic. But I it was it was good to see Ansari Fard start. And uh, yeah, oh, sorry, answer for come on. And uh, yeah, uh, I'm 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 just pleased that we got the result in the end. Yeah, Daniel, what did you think about the substitutions and 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 someone? Well, about uh, to to begin with uh, about someone, I think like he he could have come like Scottish could have put him on, but like he needed maybe to to test other players like Hoyadi didn't play it last game, and. Um, the, the the other thing is that like, we don't know like we don't have all the elements maybe uh, all the details maybe as Arya said Said was tired so he needed to came off so if Said came off he couldn't change him with Hodus so yeah well I think it's not a big deal that he didn't play he didn't do a, a great game <laughs> previously like all the team was bad against Lebanon of course but he didn't do well and uh, about the other substitution well um, I uh, uh, the, the fact that Allah here came on earlier was good but uh, I expected to see already uh, sooner too I think like coming on at uh, the 89th minute it's a bit late so you, you can't have an impact and uh, we all know that Hoidi has talent, so we'd like to, to see more. I came in maybe at the 70th or I, I don't know, but earlier on the pitch. Yeah, yeah, I, I fully agree with you. Um, so with that victory, it puts us in a very good position um, to, yeah, we're, we're almost we're almost qualified for the World Cup, which is which is pretty cool because a few months ago we were sort of in a in a stage where we were we had a few sort of really must win games. I don't know if you remember, but and now we're at a point where we're hopefully going to qualify fairly comfortably. So I guess Arya, how close are we to reaching the twenty twenty two FIFA World Cup? 
I think mathematically we're we're almost there. Um, one more win would pretty much do it mathematically. I think we, we would be guaranteed at least second place, uh, which I think we'll, we will get anyway. I think we'll get that pretty soon. I think what the objective should be is finishing first. Because um, if you can finish first, that's going to be three World Cup qualifications in a row that we finish first. And it would be a, a great feat uh, for the Iranian national team that we we can we can do that. We can stab our dominance on, on this group. We have done. We've pretty much um, beaten everyone except South Korea. And then if we go to that game against South Korea, I believe it's in March next year. If we beat them, we guarantee first place. And um, I think that's going to be a massive, uh, massive game. Uh, the next game, the next one's against Iraq. And as you said, we can we can uh, uh, pretty much uh, guarantee ourselves in the, in the World Cup. But we want more than that. We want more. Okay, now let's move on to an interview. Samson, part of our team, I spoke to former Iran under-19 women's head coach, Katsuyun Khosayar. Um, so yeah, let's, let's hear about it now. Samson Tamajani here, editor of Goldazan. I have with me the former Iran U19 women's national team head coach, Kadiyun Khosrayar, awarding us her time in this episode. Coach, welcome again to Goldazan. Hi, Goldazan family. I've missed you guys so much. And honestly, great job with the amount of followers and momentum you guys have been gaining over the past couple of years. Coach, you've been very busy of late. You were the Iran U19 youth team head coach and you were the Academy U19 coach for Olympic Lyonnais reign of Seattle. You've been very involved in, in the development of two, uh, two girls programs on different sides of the globe. You've had quite the experiences as a coach. You've grown a lot, it seems. Would you agree? Oh, definitely. I've been taking my experiences uh, from both of my countries and just trying to help uh, girls globally prosper in, uh, in, in soccer and football. And I think it's very important to use the tools that I've gained from both uh, places because the styles are obviously very different. But I think I've managed to, you know, find the right you know, solution to a lot of problems that I see on the field. And off the field as well. You've been uh, pursuing your master's degree in global studies. Can you tell us a little about that and the uh, organizations that you're involved with now? All right. So I've uh, brought, I'm trying to bring in and hone in all my international experiences under one umbrella. And I figured that getting a master's in global affairs from one of the best universities, Rice University, is the solution. Um, currently, I am on the board of an amazing foundation called Women's Equality in Soccer Foundation, where we support uh, female players and coaches globally, whether they need equipment, coaching courses, or just anything that they may need, we try to provide them. And uh, on top of that, uh, I'm continually just uh, advising the Iran national team and trying to bring in players like myself or dual nationals to play for Iran. So a little bit of both. But I think right now, with all my experience on an international level, I, I want to continue in that path. These allegations after Jordan was eliminated by the uh, Iranian women's national team to advance the AFC championship allegations made about Zore Hudai, the starting goalie and well-known penalty stopper for Iran, uh, as well as for Zobahan. This is not the first time she has been under these unfounded allegations, uh, questioning her gender. Uh, and you've spent a lot of time with her as well. Can you tell us a bit about her and what is going on with this whole situation? You know, in a time like today, where people are now becoming more of an ally of women and supporting women, this is a, a defamation suit. This is allegation to, uh, for what? Why are you accusing a well-known goalkeeper of being a man? Is it because she's doing her job right? Is it because she's saving penalties that you accuse her of being a man? Um, clearly, she is a very well-known name in the country and in Asia. If you look at her credentials, she's put in almost every tournament. Don't you think by doing a little bit of research, you could have realized that she's definitely a huge part, the heart and soul of the national team? To call her a man and make it go viral, it's embarrassing. Not for Zohre, though, for the people who have accused her. Like I said from the beginning, 
at a time where right now there's so much momentum of people becoming allies of women, why would you do such a thing? It is not the time, not the place. It never was and it never will be. Zohe, wonderful human being. She was one of my very first friends when I moved to Iran because she spoke a little English. And uh, at the time, you know, we, you know, she was always trying to translate for me, but this, she, her, her dedication to playing and always be getting better uh, on and off the field is something unsurmountable. I've never seen anything like that before uh, when it comes to a player trying to achieve success. And uh, you will see her always waking up earlier than everybody and always sleeping later than everybody. She's, if she's not training football, she's watching football. If she's not watching football, she's talking to someone about football. And there's a reason why she was able to stop those two penalties from Jordan. She's been studying the game for a very long time. All in all, Zohra Kudai is a very good friend of mine. And, uh, you know, she's a national hero and she will be Asia's top goalkeeper. Have you spoken with her since uh, all this came about? I've spoken to her only about training because uh, she's focused right now on the Asian championships. And uh, between us, you know, there's nothing that's going to get in the way of her ment- uh, psycholo- psychology as far as her prepping and uh, mentally being very tough for what is to come end of December in India, which is the Asian championships. She's been on the team for a long time, it's over a decade ago. Uh, would you characterize her as uh, one of the leaders on this team, which has gotten through to the, the farthest they've ever been in World Cup qualification? She's definitely one of the leaders of the national team. She's made a lot of progressive moves as far as helping champion the Iran national team to the next level, as far as whenever we come out of a group qualification or if we are advancing in Olympic qualifications, she's always been the heart and soul of the team. Um, and as far as her personality goes, they usually there's rumors that goalkeepers are very, um, you know, they, they don't like to talk too much. They're not very social, but she is a social butterfly. She's so much fun to hang out around. And, you know, whenever I have a bad training day or a bad game, she's always the first one that comes to me and, you know, criticizes me in a positive way and also tells me what I can do better. Uh, she's just like I said, she's the heart and soul of the team. And that Iran senior women's national team, again, they uh, will be competing in the AFC Women's Championships uh, come January 20th. They will be playing against the hosts, India. They are also grouped with China and Taiwan. Coach, how do you see this uh, playing out? They're training hard. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, you have those big names there. But why not? I think we have enough experience, enough exposure. The girls are very hungry to advance. We have an incredibly amazing, talented coaching staff. And uh, the Federation is very supportive of these, um, of these advancements for women's football. So why not? Why not take it to the next level? Why not shock the world? I, I do know that the girls are training um, day in, day out. They're mentally preparing uh, we have, uh, you know, everything is at our disposal. We just have to use it. At this point, I believe it's all the mental part of uh, being able to win. We have, uh, we have the training done. We have, uh, you know, the tactics done. But now we have to mentally prepare for these very tough games because usually we, we lose to ourselves, And that's the shame part of all of this. Uh, whenever we end up playing against these top teams, we're scared of playing against these top teams. But now the girls are hungry. They're prepared and they want to achieve success. Because women's football is gaining so much popularity in the country. Men are now uh, big fans of women's football. For example, Mehdi Taremi, one of uh, the best uh, forwards that uh, Iran has had, and it's, he's, a, he's a legend at this point and a hero at this point, he came out to the defense. So it's showing that you know, we're, we're, we have a lot of allies now. We have a lot of people who are supporting us and they want to see us uh, advance to next levels of women's soccer. They want to see us training on the field. They want to see us being able to build academies for more women to join. So this is, it's created a huge you know, shift in mindset when it comes to supporting of women's football. And that's why there's parallels. And we're going to want to hear from you, the fans, after this episode. Tell us your thoughts on the team and questions about the team, because we'll be covering them a lot more extensively into the AFC uh, Championships. And on that note, Coach, it's, it's no secret that there have been very talented uh, foreign-based uh, Iranian women's players, Iranian-American players, some that you have recruited. 
the Red Parvar sisters come to mind. They are currently uh, still competing at Vanderbilt University, and, and there's more out there. What can you say about the uh, team calling up some of these legionnaires? I think it's uh, very crucial for the development of women's soccer in Iran because now they have a basis to uh, compare themselves to see where they have to start working more on from a player-to-player perspective. And I also want to be able to give a chance to um, players that, like myself, are dual nationals and they want to represent Iran. I want to to open that door and I want to keep it open. And fortunately, there has been an influx of dual nationals, and not just from the U.S., but from various countries across Europe and even uh, Australia. And it's, it's, it's getting very hard to now like find, pick and choose the ones that should come and try out for the national team. I really believe it's, uh, it's a critical step uh, in uh, helping the, the national team. Why? Because these girls have been playing since they were five years old in those, uh, in those countries, and they have a very specific system they have a very specific mindset, and uh, that really can help and hone in and actually influence the players in Iran uh, to see for them to also see. Okay, she doesn't eat after eight thirty p.m. and she doesn't eat junk food, and you know she, um, you know, takes care of herself in this way, and her mindset is that way. I think it, they're able to share a lot of good experiences with each other, and the Iranian girls based in Iran can learn a lot from that. Yeah, absolutely. And from what I've heard, that there there can be some you know hesitation or, or doubt. Uh, from that. But at the end of the day, uh, these girls are coming in, like, for example, the American uh, born ones. I mean, uh, the women's equivalent of uh, the EPL of La Liga, you think of that, that's basically what they're growing up in the American uh, girls soccer system. And you know that very well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I said, the, 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 the American football system for women is, uh, you know, it's, it's the best. So why not bring that experience and, uh, you know, shed some light on it in, in Iran where these girls can learn uh, as well from their, their, their ham teammate, their, their teammates. So I think it's a, it's a good, it's a good trade-off. Closing things out, coach, you've been very involved in what otherwise was a very, very hard situation in the last few months. Can you tell us about your involvement in evacuating some of the Afghani girls players out of Afghanistan during that tumultuous time. I know that it was quite a big number. Well, if there's a time in history where you were meant to help women and children, it was definitely what was uh, the time that was happening in Afghanistan. I I I was watching the news. My heart was just, uh, it was breaking because I did not know what I could do. But I did know the captain of the Afghan Women Nationals uh, soccer team, the senior team, and she's based in Canada. I gave her a quick call and we started discussing uh, ways that we could uh, work and collaborate with each other. And uh, we began the process of finding the players, getting all their information. And uh, now we needed to figure out you know, a way to rescue the girls. So one you know, contact led to another contact. I got my family invo- involved and they got their friends involved. And you know, we had some big names behind this operation. And uh, you know, eventually after a month and on my birthday, these, uh, these girls and with their families were able to be, um, uh, they were able to leave Afghanistan. And now they're in Portugal, given a second chance at life and given a second chance at playing the sport that they love. So if, uh, like I said, if there was one moment in history where I could have done good for others, it was definitely that. And I, I cont- I, I, I'm wanting to continue uh, helping when I can and if I can. But, you know, there's, oh, if you, if you want to do it, you can definitely do it is what I'm trying to say. But, uh, you know, this, uh, this, was, um, this was one of the most important things I've ever done in my life. And I'm so happy that these girls are going to get a second chance of doing what they love. Something tells me I won't be the I won't be the last person to ask about that. That's an extraordinary story, Coach, and I'm so glad. Uh, on behalf of all of us at Gold Design, we are so happy that you did that, and uh, you are representing uh, Iranian American and the Iranian women's game. How can we find you? How can we follow you on social media again, Coach? My Instagram handle is cat.costro, uh, which is K H O S R O. And uh, Twitter is my name as well. There's only one cat cost for your so far living. And uh, I look forward to connecting with uh, all the Golbazan family and their fans. Coach, once again, thanks so much for joining us. Likewise.
All right, cool. Thank you so much, Samson. So I think it's time to move to fan questions. Yes, uh, we got I mean, we've got a lot of fan questions and a lot of them we've already kind of covered. A lot of them were actually based on the centre-backs about, you know, Khalid Zadeh and Kanani and whether or not, you know, Majid Hussain should play. And we got a lot of that. And we've already talked about Nurullahi as well uh, and Abed Zadeh, which were kind of the bulk of the question. One question that we got um, that I found quite interesting is, from at Andrew 4304049092. He asks, uh, do you think we look better without Jahan Bakhsh? That's a very interesting question. Daniel, I'll let you, I'll let you take that one. Well, actually, uh, I would like to say, let's not forget that we played against Syria. And of course, we played very well in the first half. We scored a beautiful first goal. But then after that the second goal came like I think six or seven minutes after it. And, and then there was a lot of space for us. Like when we had the ball, we had time. We saw in the second half, like like serious team was split in two. For example, Nurulai had the ball and he had time to, to uh, like go on and shoot, shot, uh, make a shot easily. So let's not forget that uh, I'm not saying Syria is a really low team, but they they didn't defend as well as the other team did. So, or I, I wouldn't think we're better without Jambash because actually he scored three goals for us, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and uh, he's been like many people were criticizing because he wasn't decisive enough. He wasn't playing good enough for Tim Melly. But he was be- doing better in club, like especially in Netherlands. But actually, he's proving otherwise. We will see against uh, better teams because, again, playing against South Korea is different. But actually, he even scored against South Korea. So, but let's see. But I think he's doing better for Timely now that he did before, and will always be better with him with the team we have right now. But let's see. In- one year or two, how the team will evolve. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a really good argument to make. Um, I think this is the thing, though. It's this is an argument. I don't know if I completely believe in it, but it is, it is one where across the whole team, it is very like the the goals, right? Uh, the goals that we score primarily come from Osmond and Tarami, right? And these are the. Uh, it's not very good to have an over reliance on them. But then if you look around the team it's quite difficult to find players that can actually score goals on a consistent basis. Jaumbach, on his on his day, is one of those players. So having him in the team provides a different sort of angle, a different sort of structure, a different sort of threat going forward. And that's what I like about him. However, it's the inconsistency that he brings that it's, it's difficult to judge. And I, I've said that on many different episodes. So I don't know. It's that, that is an argument, and I think we've talked about obviously the over reliance on those two players before. But with Jahan Bash, he kind of takes that away from those two players. Um, so I don't know. It is it's an argument that you can kind of put out there. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree, Antonio. Um, next question we got from PersianFootball.com uh, forums. Um, the question comes from the user Nohodi. He asks uh, an interesting question as well uh, regarding the legionnaires, the foreign-based players. Uh, FIFA is saying that clubs won't be obligated to release um, players for the World Cup itself until one week before the tournament starts because obviously the, the tournament starts in December or November. It's in the winter, so it's not a a, an ideal time for clubs so they're not obligated to release players a week prior to the to the first match kicking off i didn't actually know about that that's that's really yeah. interesting well, that's, that's that's really bad but especially for i'm thinking in terms of the premier league players obviously we've only got one at the moment and um because premier league during the sort of christmas period is really hectic uh, so yeah i think bundesliga and other sort of leagues are, are more relaxed but even so that is, yeah, that's not that's not very good. Um, 
yeah but i think that kind of goes for all, it goes for all countries it's not it's not just iran so i don't think it won't it's not one of these things that it, it affects us sort of disproportionately which is kind of what's been happening in right. a lot of other instances right i think clubs will like release their players <laughs> like they'll yeah. release they'll release them i don't think they're going to have an issue with that i doubt it i don't think that you know i think i can see some clubs potentially having a little bit of you know a, a little bit of a I go at them here and there, uh, but I think there won't be any issues. And I think our players are not playing for like massive clubs. And obviously, Porto for Taremi and Zenit for Osmoon, providing they stay at these clubs, uh, you know, I think they will they will release these players. I don't see it being an issue. Um, and that's pretty much it for our fan questions. Okay, well, thank you so much for sending in those fan questions, everyone. We do massively appreciate them. Uh, I guess I'll conclude the episode there. So Iran's next match is against Iraq on January 27th, followed by February 1st against UAE. And I'm pretty sure we, we said this earlier in the episode, but if we do win one or two of those games, then we, we're pretty much qualified. Is that right, Arya? Yeah, one game. Uh, and One we, game. You mathematically qualify. Sweet. That is that's, so we could potentially qualify on January 27th, which is which is pretty cool. I know we put this out there on social media, but a big thank you for helping us reach 5,000 followers on Twitter. A huge milestone for us. Reach thanks to your support. Um, the Twitter page has been around longer since longer than I've been on the pod. It's been around for ages. Um, so it's so nice to to have it reach 5,000 followers. I think I'm gonna wrap up there, there, guys. Um, so thank you so much for Aria. Um, and Daniel for joining me. Thanks again to Arya, uh, Nuri Zadeh and Kasuyun for their time as well. Uh, be sure to stay tuned and follow us on all social media, podcast platforms. Thank you again for listening. Arya, Daniel, thanks for joining me. Um, and Appreciate see you it. again very soon. Thank, Thank you, guys. Excellent episode. Hello, my name is Ali Golizadeh and you are listening to Golbazan Podcast.